Hi everyone, welcome to this week's podcast and we are in my new studio space. We have spent the weekend cleaning, painting, decluttering, reorganising and really making it a place that I feel will encourage my creative practice along. So we wanted to share with you what we did and how it's making us feel and provide you with some tips and ideas that maybe you can implement in your own creative space. Hello, Laura. Hello, how are you? I'm really, really good. I'm a little bit tired, but really good. Had a very busy weekend. We did. So following on from last week's podcast, just to mention, last week I said that I was going to take a break from social media, which I ended up doing. Yes. Kind of. Like like I did step back, but there were a few things that I saw. (laughs) Let's just say that. On Instagram on the weekends. It's harder than I thought. (laughs) What I found was that the first day was really hard. But then by day two, it was, I'd kind of switched off, which enabled me to really focus on what I was doing. Yeah, it just goes to show, you know, like how it can affect your mood. Yeah, Instagram, the checking, the constant checking of Instagram really affects sort of your psyche. You know, you feel the ups and downs, Mm. the comparison between, you know, when you see something and you may be a bit envious um, or you post something and you don't get the reaction that you thought you would. And your emotional state is being impacted by this throughout the day, especially if you are checking in all the time. So what I found was that once I'd stepped away, by the time I'd got on to day two and then day three, that my mood had settled and I was in a more sort of just a kind of easier place in a way. Hmm. Well, uh, we were lucky because we had plans for the weekend, didn't we? Yes. And then what happened was that we decided that we would tackle the art studio. So we've been in this decluttering mode for the last few weeks and we've done a lot of work in the house and we'd kind of left the art studio for, uh, I guess, its own time when we would have time to do it properly And that was this last weekend. So because I had the social media break, it also enabled me to really focus on that and not get distracted, which was good. So yeah, so let's, I I figure it's fresh in our minds. So let's talk about organizing a studio space. Yeah, for me, the hardest part was taking everything out and just laying it on the, like just laying it out on the patio. And, yeah. then see, and then seeing what we were going to keep. Well, it was funny because you came home, we sort of had talked about doing this and you came home on Saturday afternoon and said, right, three o'clock, we're going to start. And what kind of face did I give you? <laughs> <laughs> you went into the bedroom all huffy. Because the thought of doing it was really overwhelming for me mm. because my studio had kind of got out of hand to the point where I wasn't even really using it. I'd actually started moving into the house again. <laughs> And working on other tables in the house because it was giving me such a bad vibe Mm. and I knew I needed to tackle it. Um, But I also knew that it would need a substantial amount of time and energy to do it well. And so when you looked at me, I was like, I had to follow you into the the bedroom and ask you, did I do anything wrong? (laughs) You did. You thought I was angry at you, but I was just overwhelmed with this task that was facing us. Mm. Uh, But That actually brings me to the first thing that I thought of, which was if you want to do your studio, I think it's a really good idea 
to dedicate a block of time to it. So to clear your schedule and maybe set it up as a job for a weekend or something like that, um, rather than trying to do bits and pieces in between doing other things. And that's what we did. We decided to kind of drop everything else in a way and just focus on getting the studio um, where we wanted it to be. And it took us, I guess, about two, two and a half days of a fairly solid work, actually. Yeah, we started at three o'clock on Saturday and I had finished painting on, was it eight o'clock Saturday night? Yeah. Nine o'clock maybe? Yeah, so we worked into Saturday evening and then you went, you did a couple of runs to Ikea. We put together new furniture, put up new shelves and we'll get into all of what we actually did. Yeah. But yeah, it was a weekend job, yeah. not just an afternoon. And then we finished on Monday. But Monday yeah. was a full day too. Yeah. So we put in quite a bit of uh, work into this. So I wanted to talk about it and I thought maybe we should start with setting the scene We've already yeah, started, but let's go been. back. <laughs> let's go back to the beginning and set the scene with um, what kind of studio do I have so that people can imagine because they're listening here. So my studio is a converted garage. Carport. Carport, yeah. right? It's not the size of a full single garage. So it's basically here in Australia, you have two types of car storage, completely enclosed garage. Yes. Or you have, but with no walls. Yes. Just front is a garage door and then you have a roof canopy on four posts. So a car park. So, so it's yes. exposed it's exposed to the elements except the sun. So a few years ago you converted that and built walls and put in windows and made that into a studio for me. Yes. Which is wonderful because prior to that I was working on our dining room table. Uh, so yeah, it was really exciting to have this dedicated space. Um, but I didn't really think much about how to make it functional. I just kind of moved in and it just, yeah, just started using it. And initially I thought, wow, I have all this room. And then it didn't take very long before it was cramped, cluttered, and really wasn't serving the purpose that it was intended to. And we overpopulated it. Like we had like tables wall to wall, uh, and shelves everywhere. Yeah. You know, we didn't plan it. No, way, we didn't. We but you know what? Sometimes you need to be in a space for a while. Yeah. to figure out how you move and and what you need for that space to work well. Uh, so the space itself is about three meters by four meters. Mm -hmm. So it's the size of a, a I guess a, a bedroom really. Yeah. Similar to our, the bedrooms that we have in our house for our children. Uh, it has beautiful light. So yes. that is one thing we did plan well when we did the initial renovation. Uh, it has got Glass sliding doors, and then it has a glass door on the side. Yeah. And then we have a large double window on one wall as yeah. well. Yeah, and the windows are strategically placed, placed yes. so that we get actually quite consistent light mm -hmm. throughout the day. So that is something that I'm lucky to have, and I haven't needed to supplement with other forms of lighting because I work during the day. I'm not a night worker, but we do actually have good lighting for nighttime, but yes. I prefer to work during the day anyway. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that pretty much sets the scene. We put in a, a fairly cheap laminate floor, which we knew was going to get messed destroyed. up with and, paint, and it, and it has. <laughs> and it has gotten destroyed. One, one thing we did plan, and we will get to this later, yeah. uh, especially if you when we do a tour, but one thing we did plan was your painting wall, I decided to build that wall completely out of timber so you can zap a screw 
or a hanging nail or anything you want into that wall anywhere. Yes. So you can bang a nail or a screw in it and hang a painting so that you don't have to have an easel, which is something that we'll talk about. Uh, All right. So let's talk about the process we went through. So we took everything out of the studio. If I was to give anyone a bit of advice, Mm. say to yourself that you're going to paint your space because in order to paint it, you have to empty it. I'm telling you now, if we weren't painting this, we would never have emptied it. Well, the, the funny thing is, is that I never intended to paint it. That was your idea. And that's probably why I was a bit huffy. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't even paint it. I know. I know I didn't paint it. But I thought initially, I was like, I was just going to tidy and reorganize my studio. So mm. I was thinking, oh, I'll spend an afternoon and I'll just flutter around and potter and it'll be lovely. And next of all, you're like, oh, well, while we do that, let's paint it. And I was like, oh... I knew what that involved. (laughs) So anyway, it was good though. And so I suggest, like you just said, um, if you're going to paint it, you have to take everything out. And that was an enormous help to this process. So we took everything out, all the furniture, all the art supplies and put them on our patio. Removed all the shelves off the walls, took all the paintings down, pulled all the screws out of all the, uh, everything. Yeah. And suddenly you've got this blank space again. It's like Mm -hmm. a blank canvas and all the possibilities are there for you. Yes. So we took, took it all out. And then the next step for me while you were painting was to purge. Oh yeah. Like to really go through stuff and give myself permission to let things go and this is a really big one because my style of art has changed a lot from when I from the early beginnings and I still had a lot of supplies and things that I haven't used in years things that I used in art journaling and when I used to create more sort of whimsical kinds of art there was just stuff that I can't even imagine using now like glitter and yeah (laughs) and neon paints and it's really not where I'm at at the moment and what I'm enjoying so what I decided was that I was going to give myself permission to let some of this stuff go and only bring back into my space the things that that I wanted to work with that, that made me happy. And this is where the whole Marie Kondo concept of does it spark joy is a really helpful phrase because as I was going through stuff, I was asking myself whether it was, you know, bringing that sort of happiness and excitement for, cre- for the creative process. And if it wasn't, I was just putting it aside. I decided that I would give quite a bit of stuff to charity. Mm-hmm. So I have a pile of things that I'm giving to charity. But I also decided to to trash some stuff and that's a hard thing to do especially in this day and age where we're always thinking about you know is that a responsible way to get rid of something but sometimes things just need to be you need to actually give yourself permission you also have to think about the time that's involved in maybe bringing something back to a state that you could use it and the same goes with canvases you know and things like that you've got to think about whether it's really worth it. You know, you could cover it up, you could gesso it, you could sand it back, all that sort of stuff. Sometimes starting afresh Mm -hmm. is valuable for your creative process. Like it clears space and allows things to happen that wouldn't necessarily happen if you're going over old work. Sometimes you have to get rid of the old energy. And that can be really, really hard, whether it's because it's sentimental or whether you just feel bad about 
you know, not using supplies that you've purchased and things like that. But I think it's really important. There are different things that you can do. Um, As I said, you can give things away to charity. If you're not sure about things, so you maybe you've got some supplies that you feel that maybe you would use in the future. What I reckon is a good idea is to get something like a crate, put all of those things in there and maybe even take them out of your studio put them into storage, put them in an attic or a shed or somewhere that you can keep them, but not have them in your space. Yeah, empty the space. Only only keep in the space what you're using. Yeah. Or you're going to use. Yeah, because I think having a more minimal mindset when it comes to art supplies is really helpful for learning and growing. And that's something that's happened for me over the past year or so. Um, when I first... I started diving into this idea of more minimal approach to art around the time that we filmed the online class Minimal Magic. That was kind of the beginning of my let's, you know, let's calm things down a little bit. Mm. And I haven't looked back. Uh, So I really value editing down my art supplies and only having what I enjoy and what I use close at hand. Well, it worked. It was great. Yeah, it's been a wonderful journey and one that I'm continuing on. So, once you've done the purge... (laughs) (laughs) And three dump rooms, by the way. Yeah, so we got rid of a load of stuff. I've got stuff that I'm still gifting and giving away. And we've really, like, gosh, I don't know what percentage we've got left, but we must have got rid of two-thirds, maybe, of... We got Car, rid of, yeah, yeah, we got rid of everything. Like yeah, we yeah. really have done a massive cull on work, art supplies, furniture. So then you've got this empty space. And what I think is is useful is to take some time and this is what we didn't do initially. Well, we to plan. We, we but I didn't know. You didn't yeah, know, yeah. Yeah. So if you've been making art for a while, it's easier because you know your rhythms and patterns and what you love and and how you move in your studio and it's easier for you to then plan out the space. And so what I think is good to think about is what is the art that you want to create and how do you want to create it? So to really think about your purpose and then prioritise Because one of the mistakes I think I made when setting up my studio was feeling like I needed to be able to do it all. And I think sometimes it's better to focus in on one or two areas of your creative practice and make that work really well, rather than being able to do everything in your studio, but it's all sort of cramped. And so for me, I thought about it and I realized that there are two main aspects to what I do. One is working on paper using inks and watercolor and teaching often I teach small pieces on paper and then the other part is working on a big canvas so what I wanted was to have two main areas in the studio I wanted a flat surface like a large table that I could easily have several pieces out and be working on but I also wanted a messy painting area where I could paint a big canvas And what I decided was I didn't need to be able to paint three or four big canvases. I only needed, I can only really work on one at a time. Like I can bounce across, but I can always take one off the wall and hang the other one. So I can still work on multiple pieces, but I realized that I didn't need as much space for that as I thought. 
and that I could actually have a, a, a decent size functional table that I could walk around. So The thing that we realized this time around was when we built the studio the first time, everything had its fixed location. We bought a table, more like a bench top on a trestle. It couldn't be moved. It was stuck in that location and that was it. This time around though, um, we used big heavy wooden table. So if you want to do your flat pieces, like your small pieces of paper, mm. or this podcast, for example, yeah. this table can stay in the middle of the room. But if you want to work on your canvases, well, then we just push it back against the, the wall. That's actually a really good point. We, we have yeah, placed a value on furniture that we can move around. Yeah. And, and if we want to film going yeah. forward, we can take this table completely out of the room, yes. out of the studio, and we have a free... Like a, a, a large space to work in. Yeah, because when we first set up the studio, we bought these really lovely... Bench tops kitchen, is what they were. Kind yeah. of like kitchen bench tops. Yeah. And they were beautiful and I loved them to look at. <laughs> but, but, the they problem, functional. but they weren't functional because they're quite narrow. Mm-hmm. And what I found was I didn't have enough depth in order to be able to work on many surfaces on that. In fact, I found I could only really work on A4. And I love to work up to about A2 on paper. And I wrestled with this for several years. And in the back of my head, I was always thinking, you know what? I always preferred working on that dining room table that I used to work on at the very beginning of my creative painting adventure, which was in the shed now. I thought, mm. And I, I almost felt like I didn't want to... I didn't even want to tell you because we'd gone and spent money on these beautiful oak yeah, workbenches yeah. and I didn't want to tell you that actually I'd made they a mistake. Working, yeah. yeah. And so I, I used them for years and it was only recently when I realized we could repurpose those workbenches. So we ended up taking one out, which has become my office desk and it works beautifully for that. It's very functional. (laughs) Very functional for that. And the other one has gone into your shed as a workbench. Again, works Mm -hmm. works fine for that. So so then I started to feel happy because they have a home and now I've got my old table back. So I've gone back to the beginnings and I have the dining table that I started on. And it's just a lovely solid wood, very flat, sturdy table. Yeah, so I had the workbenches pushed up against the wall and now I have positioned the table so it's sort of in the middle of the Mm -hmm. studio space so I can walk around and access three sides and it feels fantastic. I can look out on my garden. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? And what I have noticed is that because I'm facing out, the kids are coming in, which I said to you yesterday mm-hmm. is probably, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but they were super cute last night. I was just pottering in here and they came in and they were sitting at the table and they were both doing little watercolor paintings while I was tidying and organizing still. And I thought to myself, this is the way it's meant to be. It's meant to be an inviting, open space. The energy feels much better this way. So Yeah, considering where you place things is really important. And we had the table pushed up against the back wall initially, um, this table that we're sitting at now. So we tried a few different layouts over the weekend. Once you get it into your head that your main piece of furniture doesn't have a fixed location, it just makes you so much happier and relaxed. 
that you can do whatever you want. And like I was saying before that I only really need one space to paint on a canvas, but you just reminded me of a very important point. And that is if I was, for example, getting ready for an exhibition and I did need to paint all at once six or seven canvases, I could move this table out very easily and have this whole room floor space wall space and really focus in on my big canvases for a week or two so it's it's so much more versatile and we also got some drawers that are on uh what do you call them wheels wheels (laughs) caster wheels you know that you can slide around Mm -hmm. which is a big set of drawers from ikea very popular they're called alex drawers they take up to A2. a2 size paper i have I have wanted these drawers for such a long time and yet they're about $200 and for some reason I was just having a bit of a trouble, trouble bringing myself to spend that money on them. You had nowhere to put them. And I didn't have anywhere to put them in the other layout. Yeah. yeah. I really needed them because I, I hadn't thought through where to store my finished pieces and my finished pieces were getting ruined. Mm. They were sitting amongst and I was slopping paint on them. Mm. And, and Or they'd be on the kitchen table or they'd, yeah. be in with, they'd be in with the passport. Like you go looking for your passport because I'm off to yeah. Melbourne or something. And I'd there's like paintings everywhere. Stuff them in the cupboard. <laughs> and, and I wasn't really treating them with the respect that I should. And I, I realized that another thing that, to think about, where are you going to put your finished work? I hadn't thought not selling about, it. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. And my studio became a mess because I had bits and pieces everywhere. And I hadn't thought through the process of where does the finished stuff go? Because of that, I need a strategy to keep it this way. Mm-hmm. And part of that strategy is how do I deal with my work? One of the things, and it's, a, I guess, a motivational challenge for myself, is I want to start buying new surfaces before I finish the old ones. Yes, And I want to limit myself and give myself a number. So right now in my studio, I'm looking at how many large canvases I have. And I have six in progress at the moment. I was just about to say how many are finished. And none of them are finished. And there's one in the house actually. So I have seven in progress canvases that are quite large. And I'm looking at two large ones behind you. I have two large ones behind me. So I have nine canvases that are big. Two blank, seven on the go. That's actually not that easy to store in a space that's Mm -hmm. only three by four meters so what I'm thinking is I need to put a limit on basically give myself a number maybe it's three maybe it's five I haven't decided yet but I'm going to max out at that and I'm going to say to myself that I'm not allowed to go and buy a new canvas until I finish the ones that are in my studio or get rid of them in some way yeah you know whether or not well these have a place to go these are not a local crowd yes so I am in a stage at the moment where I've got more than I want in the studio but it's giving me the motivation to finish them get them out and then only have maybe two or three big canvases on the go at any one time uh, to manage the amount of old work that I have I've given away a lot of the stuff that was in my sort of older style I have bought some shelving that will accommodate smaller pieces that I want to store until I've got a collection of them. So for anyone that knows Ikea, I'm going to mention a few Ikea things that I think are useful. And I bought the Iva shelving and it's great. It's it's functional, it's clean, and I'm using that to store small canvases and small wood panels. So I'm val- I've placed a value on 
having space in my studio for storing my work, which I didn't think about before. So I have the Alex drawers for my paper pieces and I have the Ivar shelf for canvases and wooden panels. And I have a strategy for limiting the number of surfaces that I bring in or substrates that I bring into the studio. So we'll see how that goes. I'm always coming up with new <laughs> new challenges for myself on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll see um, if I can work on finishing things. So another thing that I wrestled with for a couple of years was this studio being far too hot in the summertime. Uh, the winter we had covered because I brought in a little column heater electric type thing. That works really well. But in the summer, this room was baking. And again, this is about investing in things that will help you. And we decided this year to invest in bringing our air conditioning uh, system through to this room. So we paid for someone to come in and put a vent in the ceiling, connect it to our mains. We have an evaporative system. We live in a place that gets quite hot in the summer. I mean, it's actually going to be probably close to 40 degrees today. Yeah. And we're sitting in this studio and it's pleasant and it's comfortable. We had the hottest day ever recorded in Australia. Recently. Uh, what was that? Four weeks ago. It was recorded. 46.2 or something. Recorded at 47. There were areas in the city and around Adelaide that hit 51. 51 degrees. Wrap yeah. your head around that. Yeah. So we had to wrap our head around how that was going to impact <laughs> on me being able to continue my work. Yeah. And now that I'm doing this full time, it becomes absolutely yeah it, it, it becomes it's a very smart yes. decision so so we have put air conditioning into the studio um to make it as comfortable as possible year round and just little things like making sure that you have a comfortable chair to sit on Comf- you know even your floor like having a very very hard floor is very harsh on your joints mm-hmm. when you're painting and standing up this floor is actually pretty good. It's quite soft. It's got yeah. a bit of a sort of spring in it. Spring yeah. in it. Um, so things like that that you might not consider are worth, they are worth investing in if you want to make work consistently over the long term. And if you are selling your work, you are going to recoup those costs yeah. through your pr- productivity. I understand if making art is a hobby for you it can be harder to justify some of these things so with that it's important to prioritize you you know and we did struggle through while I was doing it as a part-time job we didn't make those investments so you know it can be something that you work to over time yeah you might I understand not everyone's going to be able to go out and do all these things at once yeah look we went from like the progression Mm-hmm. Your your art studio progression went from painting with friends at their houses. Yes. So you would, there was a group of four of you. There was yes. you, Linda, uh, Bronwyn and Kim. And you'd go to each other's houses. Yeah, we would. And we didn't even used to come here because yeah. we weren't that well set up. Mm-hmm. And then you would do your paint jams. Yes. So you'd organize hiring a hall and a couple of friends would yeah. come over. Then you set yourself up at the kitchen table yes. in our house. Yep. Then we moved Asher into Sophia's room and took over. Now, although that was only an office, yep. it was kind of office slash Laura Horn art. Yeah. I, actually, I actually had a tiny table. I don't know if you'll remember this, but I had a very tiny table in the lounge room right up the back 
Do you remember on the step? just as you walk in by the sliding door. Oh, yes. A really tiny, like a little laptop table. Only lasted for a month or two because it was far too small. So we used to use the other door. Then I moved into the dining room and I took over the dining room. So that was where I had a dedicated space because we gave up a dining room in order for me to do that. And then I moved into the studio. So I have moved all around the house and different places in order to be able to make art. So it has been quite a journey of getting a more dedicated uh, space. Um, Even though you may not be a full, in inverted commas, a full-time artist, if you're a serious hobbyist, you you need your space. Yeah, and, and that actually brings me to something that I believe very strongly in, and that is having a space where you can leave your suppliers out. Mm. So even if it is just a small table, that was a, still an important step for me because it was a table where I could leave something. I could leave a watercolour journal, and that way you're going to be able to access it more readily, and you'll do it more. Yeah, you're so, not taking stuff out yeah, and putting it away. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a chore, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so whether that be a small table in your kitchen or a lounge room, in your bedroom even, yeah, uh, if you can find somewhere that you can set up, that that is a great place to start. Yeah, comfort and accessibility. Yeah, because I've cut down on my supplies and because of that I don't need as much storage space and that's giving me more space in the studio, just a more spacious feel which I, I think is going to help my creative process. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I used to do is just kind of just buy baskets and storage containers. You know, I'd just see them. You know, I'd go either into somewhere like Ikea or Kmart or Big W. They're the places we have in Australia. But, you know, your Walmarts and all those sorts of places. And I'd just see little storage boxes and, oh, that might be handy. But I'd, I'd, not, I'd not measured it or thought about where it would go. I also do this a lot in thrift shops or charity shops because I, I go to them quite a bit and I'll see nice little baskets and cute little things. So I had all this stuff but nothing really fit, you know, like I'd have a container that was too big for the depth of a shelf mm. or that kind of thing. And so this time around I really thought about what do I need to store And what will it actually fit well in? And I got out my tape measure and I measured things. And I worked out exactly what would fit on the shelves and what I needed. Never done that before. And we bought things. And I I have in the past tended to get things from thrift shops because I like the, I don't know, I just like the kind of rustic feel. This time around, I have balanced that with some things that I bought from Ikea And the reason for that is because Ikea do a great job of creating things that fit on top. You know, like they design things that go together. Yeah, the modular. Yeah, so modular shelving, crates that fit perfectly on those shelves, things that you can stack on top of each other. They really do storage well. So I had... I had to just come to terms with yeah. <laughs> with that. And we bought some wonderful things from Ikea to help with this process. And one of my favorites is we bought the spice racks. I don't know the specific name of them, but they're little wooden spice racks. And they fit my paints perfectly. And we'll, we'll get some footage of this or video or photo or whatever. Um, and sh- I'll share this on my website. Um, but they fit my paints and they just look so cute and inviting on there. We bought three. 
And then I was sent back out to get another two. They look so good. <laughs> yeah, well, I've always had to like, what's the word? You know, when you're going through your basket, uh, you're wrestling through, yeah. you know, I've always had to just try and find my paints in a rummaging. big, rummaging's the word. So I'd be rummaging through baskets and trying to find a color with these shelves. You can see exactly what you have. You have all your colors laid out. And I tend to work using tubs of paint rather than tubes. And so for this, they're fantastic because they fit like the little, what would they be? 250 mil, I think, tubs of paint perfectly. You can also get picture ledgers that do the same job. We, we bought extra shelving. With the intention that if we didn't use it, we would have used it somewhere else. Yes. So we could have put it in Sophia's room or whatever. Yes. But IKEA have a great returns policy. We didn't take it out of the package. So yeah, we brought we, it back. Yeah, because we actually bought the spice racks and the picture ledgers, mainly because I wasn't 100% sure what was going to work, even though we'd measured and we just, there was a little bit of uncertainty until we actually saw them. And so because I didn't go to Ikea, if I had gone to Ikea, we probably would have been able to make the choice on the spot, but I sent you <laughs> because I have a bit of a thing about Ikea. Ikea stresses me out. It's so big and it's just, I don't know. Anyway, I know that there's a lot of Ikea lovers out there, but Ikea actually is a place that it just overwhelms me. So anyway, um, so we bought these uh, spice racks. We bought some of the crates, the wooden crates, and I'm using that to store a bit of overflow of paint that I don't use so often, but I do still use. And I also bought a cutlery tray and it's fantastic for storing my pastels. So it's got little dividers in it. So I'm storing all the different mixed media supplies that I use. I've popped it on the top of my Alex drawers right next to my desk so I can easily access when I want to grab a paint pen, pastel, something like that. Yeah, with the storage, I guess the main point I'm making is think about it before you grab it, plan it out, yeah. and work out what's going to help you. And there's just, there's so many options out there, but make it functional, make it work for you. Yeah, look at, look at the size of your paint pots, like even lay them out on your table and say, what would they fit into? What kind of container do I need? Yeah. All that kind of stuff, because you went with the smaller apple crate. And I was like, that's too small. What do you want them for? And you're like, oh, because I can fit three on the shelf. I was like, oh, okay. And then you, yeah, it worked perfectly because you thought about it. Yeah. And we did have some crates that you had made for me that were beautiful. They were made out of old pallets. But they were really heavy. <laughs> yes. I think you kept one. Did you keep one? Yeah. And I've kept one which has some canvases and, and things in it because it works and it's under my desk. But um yeah, it was again, it came back to functionality. And I said to you, can you just get these ones from Ikea because they're light, they stack mm -hmm. and they're easier for me to work with than a really, really heavy yeah. crate. Also bring things into your studio that just make you happy to be there. And I've actually dedicated a whole shelf to that. So there's a shelf behind my desk, which isn't for storing paint or it's actually just for putting my favorite things. So plants candles, uh, artwork that I've completed that is inspiring me. So it's important as well to make the space homey, cozy, uh, put your own personal style onto it so that you want to be in there, that it becomes a place that you're, that you're proud of and that you're happy in. And that's, that's also a fun part of the process, but also equally important. And another thing to think about is 
having something that you can play music in your studio. If you're a music lover like I am, I always have something going in the background or else I'm listening to a podcast. That's another thing that can bring a good energy into your space. I also love to burn essential oils, something that my daughter has <laughs> also got, on, got into. I, so I can't stand poor, it. poor Richie has to put up with all the smells of our house because we like candles and oils and things like that. Well, oils is the... I've met you halfway on the oils. You used yeah. to burn incense sticks and all this crazy uh, sage burning. So I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I went crazy one day and threw it all out. <laughs> yeah, so we're not allowed to burn sage or incense in the house. We've we've met Richie halfway, yes. my daughter and I. We've worked out that essential oils is pretty much the one that everyone's happy with. Align your chakra with <laughs> essential oils. So okay. I have an oil diffuser and so does our daughter. And another thing that you might want to do, um, which I often do, is create a little mood board or inspiration wall. I often cut things out of magazines, stick them up on the walls, um, or you might do that in a sketchbook or something, just so that you have colours, marks, shapes, things around you that inspire you. Words, um, sometimes I bring in things from the garden, might be like dried uh, flowers or interesting shape of branches and leaves often I have that sort of stuff yeah lying around I love eucalyptus uh so yeah so once you've done all the organizing take some time to spend on the decorating part well it's very important because you like when we film online tutorials you're either wearing or you had some kind of interaction with the colors that you paint that day so inspiration well for you anyway what i see is that your inspiration is almost subconscious so if you have these beautiful inspiration books but they're in a drawer you won't get that inspiration but if you have inspiration pieces hanging on the wall or they're (laughs) laid out on a table then you will get that inspiration yeah that that is so true and one of the biggest i guess what would I say? Like, uh, it's almost like an aha moment for me with my art was to start bringing in inspiration from my everyday life and surrounding myself with the kind of colors and things that I want to see in my art in order to have that synergy between my art and my life. I didn't want to say this, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't very, you were not very good at looking after the old studio. Now, no. this new studio, it's not new. It's like we've yeah. given a lick of paint. We've looked after. we put new stuff in it. And I'm looking down at the floor. I'm like, right, that's a reminder right, of what not to do. <laughs> okay, you have to look after this space now. I've really given some thought to this because art studios get messy. Yeah, that, they're supposed that, that, to. That they're meant to. That's going to happen. Like, it's actually quite organised and neat and tidy at the moment. But I am, I'm not under any... Uh, illusion that that's that it's going to stay exactly like this but I do I do really value having a clean space it it does inspire me particularly when I'm starting new projects so I'm thinking that first of all I've I've been quite deliberate in setting up designated spots for things which I never really had so I know where things are meant to go it's that whole idea of everything having its place I know where my paints belong I know where my brushes go so they all have their designated spots where they should go back to eventually so that's part of the process I'm also thinking 
that it's important to factor in wind down time when you have a painting session. And I've talked about this before. So for me, part of it is also preparing for picking kids up from school and being ready for them and switching off from my art practice. But thinking about, so say, for example, we pick the kids up at three, that really around 2, 2.30 is when I should be wrapping things up to give myself time to wash my brushes, to put my paints away. So just factoring in at the end of every painting session, a wind down, put things away, maybe half an hour just to clear my space. So that's a good idea in theory. (laughs) (laughs) And also I love the idea of a studio cleanse on the weekend, like on a Sunday, getting yourself ready for the working week, coming in here, making it enjoyable I love to listen to a podcast while I do it. So put a podcast on. And I think it's fantastic because podcasts are often about the length I think it takes to tidy up a studio. So like 30 minutes, 40 minutes is enough time to really go around, put everything back, wash your brushes, prepare your space. So my goal is to spend Sundays to come in for that amount of time, listen to a podcast and clear my studio on a weekly basis. Uh, what else am I thinking about as far as how can I keep this space tidy? <laughs> how can just, I just see how it goes? See how it goes. It's going to get messy. I know that, um, but I just want to try and keep on top of it. Recognize the fact that I enjoy working in a space that is quite calm. Like I love calm and cozy, and that's not for everyone. I've heard other uh, other artists. I've heard other artists that thrive on a messy studio, that that actually really um, invigorates them. But for me, that I love coming in and just feeling that spaciousness. So I have to remind myself of that because that's a motivation in itself. So that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We are absolutely loving seeing your Instagram stories and reading your reviews. And yeah, we just wanted to say thank you for that. And hope to see you again next week.